in a world where creativity has no monetary value. Two aspiring filmmakers, tired of being overlooked, decide to play the game, but with a caveat. Here, stale movie franchises will remain in title only, reimagined for a new audience. Story, plot, all completely redefined. This is Reboot. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Reboot, a podcast series where we'll take an iconic film or TV show and reimagine it in a completely different manner in which it was originally released. Genres will be crossed, characters will be compromised, and your favorite memories of these storied films may or may not be bastardized. Oh yes, this is Reboot. I am your co-host, Mowgli, and sitting next to me, as always, the man, the myth, the mouth. Welcome, Mowgli. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming back. Woo! Thank you guys for coming back, and what a fun episode we have in store for you. This was a film that we shouldn't have watched as kids, but we did. We didn't care. We love James Cameron. We love Arnold. Uh-oh. Oh, We're giving too much away? Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. No, what's happening? What's happening here? We'll save that for a little bit now. You want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do let's it, it, man. Classic. All right. Let's get into the rules of the reboot. Number one. We are each presenting a fresh concept of an existing intellectual property, be it a film or a TV show. Hence the name, Reboot. Number two. Number two. Each participant will have the opportunity to pitch their idea, and it's up to the audience to decide whose project will get the Reboot. reboot. Number three. Your reboot must try to be as opposite to the original film as possible. That means the rating, the genre, the cast, the director. Try and do a 180, yeah? And number four. Most importantly, be weird, get creative, because that is the most essential component, and may the best reboot win. Okay, now to the film for today's episode. And now, our feature presentation. An American classic. An American classic. <laughs> is a, that's exactly how you define it. You film it in Florida, yeah. and you film it in Washington, <laughs> D.C. You can't get more American than that, right? It's too good. This is the 1994 Blockbuster epic, James Cameron epic, True Lies. Dana! Dana! (laughs) Hashtag Dana! All right, let's get to the logline real quick. A fearless, globetrotting, terrorist-battling secret agent has his life turned upside down when he discovers his wife might be having an affair with a used car salesman while terrorists smuggle nuclear warheads into the United States. Whoa, this is heavy. My goodness. The first thing that comes to mind is, whoa, that is a lot to digest. The second thing, wow. Right. Come on, lady. He's saving the world. Why are you dating a used car salesman? Just talk to him. Talk to him. Fix the situation, man. Nah, five-year-old me was like, yeah, that sounds like a good movie I want to see right there. Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, it was. This was. This was. And that's why it was so hard to come up with the reboot this time. Like, I wanted to give it its mad respect, you know, but how about you? You find it was it's too hard. It was it was challenging, I will admit that, because this film I hadn't watched it in a couple of years, but then I rewatched it for this and I was like, Whoa, it still holds up. I still really like this movie. How am I gonna make this better? And I really immersed myself into the complete opposite. Cause the other ones I was kinda taking a little bit here and there. I guess I still kinda do with this one, but I, I just approached it with that. All right, just do a little opposite. Just do a little opposite. So this was originally rated R. This was an action comedy thriller. We had mentioned it was released in 1994. 
July 15, 1994, and guess what? It also became the third best-grossing movie of the year. Cameron. $378 million in 94. Wow. You're amazing, dude. Jeez, la freaking wheeze. This guy's gold. Now that we've gotten past that a little bit, let's talk about our interactions with this film. Uh, no. I was like, whoa, Jamie Lee Curtis in her striptease scene. Oh, that was a I good was scene. Like, I like it. <laughs> Inappropriate. You pervert. I'm not the pervert. <laughs> I'm just trying to get the Jamie Lee Curtis doll. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so that really sticks out to me. Yeah. There's so many, like, giant-ass set pieces. It's an iconic action movie, like you're saying. Like, it's it, just, it that, fucking flows so well. Like, the this pacing, is a, action pacing. Cameron is... He's king he's a at god. That. Yeah, he's, he's a god at that. How do you do that? This movie, Terminator 2's Aliens, The Abyss, they're all two hours plus long. None of them feel that long. None. Even Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, you know, a lot of people hate on it, but yeah, I love his pacing. You know, like he just gets it. He gets action, you know? Yeah. The tango scene, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should get into dancing. <laughs> no, it's pretty cool. Stop. Yeah, and I did hip hop dancing at Westchester Dance Center. <laughs> close to tangoing. Cool, right? Yeah, it's close <laughs> to tangoing. You know, there's so many iconic things that you're fired. Oh, oh man, that, that uh, yeah, final yeah, yeah, scene, yeah. Arnold and the, the, I think he's a Persian, or he's probably a Middle Eastern villain. Yeah, I'm not going to say he's Persian. I'll just say he's ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> I don't <laughs> to want that to get region? sued. Yes. To that region. And yeah, he blows him up. Like, it's just like, what the heck? It's so over mm-hmm. the top. It was so cool. Well, this movie was so over the top, but you get into it. You know, Cameron in, in his older days helped, he did that, you know, in his yeah. action movies. He helped it. You had to like suspend all disbelief, you know? Oh, speaking of that. The craziest thing about this movie was the Jamie Lee Curtis Uzi scene. So she's holding the Uzi. She drops the Uzi. It falls down a set of stairs, but it somehow magically ends up shooting and killing all the bad guys. Just as it's like shooting and like has no control. I was Mm -hmm. like, whoa, that was was so cool. That was was dope. Yeah. yeah. That's actually taken from a 1991 film called La Totale. It was a French film. So that scene was taken from that. This this film is actually a reboot or kind of a remake. so or Americanized? The, it's a it, definitely Americanized <laughs> yeah. version. What else you want to talk about? Yeah, the bathroom yeah. scene was so sick. Oh my god! That yeah, crazy yeah. ass bathroom scene where the, the old man is in the toilet and then like there's he just should a crazy have been dead gunfight. so many times. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not dead. <laughs> it, it, it just knows, like Jesus knows how how important you know <laughs> bathroom old... time is. So it's just like you know, no matter what happens, like oh. you do not interfere with a man's bathroom time because you know it is sacred and it's proven correct in this one. Okay. Enough about the original movie. It's time to get into our movie, yes? Yes, that's what we need to. Wow. Are you ready for this? I am. I, I'm hoping mine comes Audience, up. Audience, you know? are you guys ready for this? Let me hear some noise. Let me hear you wherever you're listening to this. I want to hear you scream. I want to hear you want it. I want to hear you say, Dana. <laughs> you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, let me hit it. With, I'll try it first. You did it, you did it first last time. I'm going to sure, go with sure, it, okay? Certainly, certainly. All right, guys. So I'm going to start with my log line, okay? After her business and relationship fail, Dana Tasker is forced to return to her childhood home and live under the same roof as her parents. Her life becomes embroiled in an international espionage plot after she gets set up with a job with her parents. In mm. this film called True Love. True Love? <laughs> yeah. I fucking love that, dude. That's the, hilarious. The genre. It's a family comedy with elements of action. I'm going for a PG-13 rating because I have just, you know, one or two set pieces of action that I couldn't, you know, water down. So is this like a rom-com action then? Kind of. It's good. Yeah, okay. rom-com action going okay. there. And uh, like you said, well, it makes sense because movies I'm comparing it to is a Gross Point Blank, an Assassin's Solid. movie. Everybody should see that. Another one, Keeping Up with the Joneses. 
Uh, I want comedy, so we are the Millers. Yeah, nice. You know, we are the Millers. The Intern, another little comedy, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So, like, also, like, a rom-com. But I don't want to focus too much on the action, you know, because that's too much of the original. Okay. But, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I like a, an action rom-com. That's what I'm going to go for. Yeah, just speak it into existence, doggy. <laughs> I'm going to speak it into existence. My turn, yes? Yep. All right, cool. I'm also going to do my log line first. I'll tell you my title and then all the rest of the good stuff after that, okay? Larry Tasker seems like your typical suburban father until the notorious Wang Corporation mistakes his identity for super undercover spy Harry Tasker. Now, the Omega Sector, the last line of defense, must train Larry and his family in the ways of an undercover spy in order to gain access to Wang and his affiliates. This is... More true lies. I like that. I like that. I like that title. More true lies. Yeah, dude. So, so this is a oh, comedy action. I still want to do some action, and it's, it's also a family film. This is going to be rated PG. So, I'm sorry, I can't. As much as I love my strip tease scene, <laughs> no. I don't think the production companies that I'm pitching this to for a PG film will approve of that. So, it's definitely a no for me, dog. It hurts my heart, but I have to cut it. And uh, yeah, my film comparisons are going to be. The original, True Lies, it was that, it was that good. Mm-hmm. And The Incredibles. Interesting. You want to know why? Yeah. Because this is an animated film. <laughs> no. I'm, it's CGI. I'm, I'm, I'm being creative. Okay, okay. I like it now. Yeah, it's an animated spy next door, not really spy next door, funny film. All right, let's go to the cast and crew now, yes? Yep. The original cast, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold. I love that chemistry, and there's a little bit of side quest right here. IMDb trivia, during the audition process, like, they loved him. Like, James Cameron literally vouched for him because 20th Century Fox was like, yo, Tom Arnold kind of has a bad rap right now. We yeah. don't want to involve him. We don't want to cast him. Roseanne and cocaine. Yeah. Right? <laughs> cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. James Cameron was like, he threatened. He's like, I'm going to pull this movie if he's not cast. Oh, fuck. And they don't want that, dude. Imagine the, freaking, <laughs> imagine the balls James Cameron had yeah, to do dude. that. And then to pitch this idea, all these crazy action pieces. Fucking ridiculous, dude. Salute. That's a salute right there. <laughs> you also have Eliza Dushku. Dana! Bring it on. Remember? Bring it on. Oh, that was yeah. a childhood movie. <laughs> yeah, right. The late, great Charlton Heston and also Bill Paxton. He died recently too, right? A couple years ago. He's so funny in this, you know? He just plays such a... Sleazeball. Sleaze- yeah. I love it. Perfect. Perfect. I, I, I wanted to save this one for last though because this one is a special uh, role for me. This is Tia Carrere who plays Juno Skinner. I fell in love with this woman when she was Cassandra in Wayne's World. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She, not only beautiful, she was funny. Like, she was just hilarious. She seemed personable. She's still putting in work. She was Nani in Lilo and Stitch. She was a voice Mm, actor. Beautiful animation. Beautiful. Yes, yes. (laughs) It's the word of the day. It's beautiful, right? (laughs) She's a bitch. Shout out to her. The original writer, the original directors, James Cameron. We had also mentioned that this was a 1991 French film called La Totale. Let's give those dudes their proper respect. Claude ZD, Simon Machel, and Didier Kaminka. Apologies if I butchered those names. Sounded good to me, man. Wee <laughs> <laughs> wee. <oui, oui. laughs> <laughs> the composer, can't forget that. Brad Fidel. It's not, it's not a Cameron film unless Brad Fidel's there, personally. Cool. All cool. right, let's go All to right, the yeah, new cast. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So I'm going to start with mine. Remember, true love. This is a, what'd you say? An action rom-com. Yeah, dude. I didn't change it up too much. I had to keep the original cast. I'm kind of going on with the spiritual sequel reboot with it, you know? So for Dana Tasker, I'm going to have Eliza Dushku come back again and reprise it. I'm going to use my, my writing powers, though, to bring her age a little bit down. No disrespect, but like a little bit like 
more around our age, a little bit getting in the 30s. Late 20s, early 30s? Yeah, okay. you know? And uh, Harry Tasker, there's only one person who can do him. Arnold. Arnold is coming back. Nice. But I want him less serious than he was in the original movie. I want him more grandpa-like, you know? Um, I'm a huge fan of his comedies, like, I love you can go funny, away. I love funny Twins. Arnold Tw- Junior Kindergarten Cop another Junior? one Kindergarten like I want to bring that Arnold back you know I'll be back okay cool and so if Arnold's coming back Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back in a smaller role but Helen is a boss now same with a uh, Tom Arnold I yes. have to like yes. you said that chemistry between him and Tom and Tom Tom Arnold Arnold and Arnold Arnold and Arnold Dana <laughs> so I have that. Um, I have a uh, Gib being more friendly with Helen now, but you know he's Uh-oh, still he's, no, 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 no. Okay. I'll tell you on. And I have two new main characters, original characters. Um, both of them are love interests for Dana, and the first one is Agent Nick Holloway, and he's going to be played by Pedro Pascal. He's more of like the serious. You always get the, the handsome, the handsome leads, huh? <laughs> I know what I want to see. I want that suave type of actor, you know? Yeah. He's a little mysterious, you know? Oh, I you know, know what you mean. Exactly. You know? I know Is what you mean. Is he friendly or foe? Is he serious? You know, that's what I want. And then my other new character is Agent Jonathan Mitchell. This is a hot shot new agent, and he's very admired. He loves Harry, you know, and he's going to be played by John Cena. It's great casting. Yeah. And then, Similar physique. Yeah, you know? so And the same kind of acting, you know, like funny when they want to be. And for director, Greg Matola. I don't know if many of oh, our yeah, listeners. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, super bad, right? Yeah, that's one of them. Keeping Up With The Joneses is one of the films I saw from him that I really want to get that style and energy from him that he did. Uh, you said it, Superbad, Adventure Land. Adventure Land, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so he does it. A little bit of heart. Uh, for writer, I'm using myself, but, you know, I'm not that funny. So I want to have this movie be. You uh, are funny. <laughs> How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I need like you know some some veteran chops, so I'm going with Bob Fisher, you know, to bring some of that comedy gold. My goodness! If you guys don't know, he's a a writer on Wedding Crashers. We are the Millers. I want a little bit more of that cruder humor, you know. And he did a little TV show called Traffic Light. You guys should see it. It was well done. But I also want uh, that spy element. You know, I've never really done an espionage spy thing, so I'm getting Simon Kinberg as well to help write. He did uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Dude, you got the whole Jumper, family right here, huh? You know, Triple X. You, you get know? the cookout, man. You got hey, everybody. If you're making your own fantasy, you get every A person you can, you know, to make true, your true, dream true, come man, true. true. And for distribution, I looked into it. It was originally 20th century, so I'm assuming this is going to be a Disney mouse movie. Yeah. <laughs> You want to make the movie? So that's why I had the hard, the hard PG-13 for just, you know, few instances of violence. Yeah. And uh, we got to go with Lightstorm Entertainment, James Cameron. He has to, like, Godfather produce this, Ooh, you know? Ooh, I feel you. Okay, oh, okay yeah, I want to cool. hear your cast. I your your yeah. story is way so, different. So, so, so. It, 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 exactly. It's a little bit different. It's animated, so these are going to be voice actors. Playing Larry Tasker, I didn't have to look that far. I went Phil Lamar. If you're unfamiliar with Phil Lamar, he played Hermes on Futurama, Samurai Jack, Mad TV, man. Mad, Mad TV. TV. Like, uh, yeah, he's uh, very talented, super one. funny. For Lucy Tasker, a little bit of a reunion right here. Katie Seagal, she was in Futurama. She was in Married with Children, of course. Sons of Anarchy. I just like the rapport that they have together, and I think they would make good oh, animation. She's good. Yeah. Peggy, I love she's, her. She's very funny. <laughs> Jack Tasker, that is the son of both of them. A young gentleman named Sonny Soljic. If you're unfamiliar with his name, he was the lead, the little boy in mid-90s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like yeah, that was a good one. He's also 
has experience voice acting in the God of War video game in 2018. That was a bit more of a mature subject matter. Is so he the boy? I don't know. He yes, he's the boy. Atreus. <laughs> he's the boy, yes. The Colonel, Charlton Heston, has passed away, but we're going to have that role there, like that Nick Fury type role. And that's who he was inspired by, by the way. I yeah, know that. Yeah. Um, we're going with Betty White. If I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I patch Betty White. Oh Hell God. yeah, that'd be super funny. I think she'd be hilarious doing that. I can't, I can't have uh, more True Lies without Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold is back. So, yeah, he's reprising his role as, as Gib. Nice. Ken Watanabe, he is the villain. Well, ah, We're going Kai that. Wang. That's his name. Not bad. I love Ken Watanabe. He's so cool. Writers, I'm going myself. I'm going to speak it into existence. And a gentleman named Brad Bird. If you're unfamiliar well, uh, with yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he wrote and he directed The Incredibles, Incredibles 2. That's one of my influences. Tell him not to use Tomorrowland. I know he did that oh, one. He did Tomorrowland as well. And he's also going to be my director. Brad Bird's nice, going to be my director. Nice. He's a very nice. Okay, I guess the fun part is actually about to begin right now, yeah? We're going to talk about our versions of True Lies. Malv, would you like to start first with let's, True Love? Let's do it. Let's start it off. Let's do it. All right, guys, let's get ready. All right, fade to black. We see Harry. He's furiously driving down the street. We don't know what he's doing, but he's yelling. He's like, Helen, Helen. And we're like, what? What is happening? And we hear it. Helen's like, Harry, what is going on? And we just hear Harry as he's still yelling. He's like, I'm almost there, but no one is answering the phone. And Helen's like, keep trying, keep trying. And out of nowhere, the conversation is interrupted by a ringtone. The camera goes to the car dashboard and it reads, Dana Colley. Oh, Whoa. shit. Yeah, so Harry picks it up frantically, goes, Dana! And all he hears is, like, things in the background just breaking. And he's still yelling, Dana! And just silent. Wow. The phone ends. And we just see, and he's still going, just going through the streets. He calls at Helen once again. He's like, I'm going through. Something is definitely wrong. And she's like, I'll send backup. Cut to Harry arrives to the house. Quick break. He runs up the stairs. He has his gun ready. He breaks into the door. <laughs> Furniture. The whole place is fucked up. Everything. There's trash everywhere. Music is blasting. He, it's confusing us. It's just so loud. And like a noise coming from the other side of the house. He clocks his gun. <laughs> he gets ready. He goes towards the bathroom. That's where he hears the noise. And he takes no chances. He just goes in. <laughs> breaks in. What do we see? is Dana crying and she's hugging the toilet. She turns to him, looks up, and we see Arnold just goes, Dana, what are you doing? And Dana just goes, he left me for an intern, dad. And then we just get him looking, Arnie just looking straight to the camera going, son of a bitch. And then it cuts to the screen titles. True love. I like it a lot. I like that. <laughs> little clever ass. Dude. You're trying to trick us, huh? You're trying to make it sound like a super intense movie, and then we get there. I like that little reveal. Yeah, no, we got to switch it up, you know? like, yeah. And then because of that, thank you for that segue. It's a perfect segue for me. Because this is an action comedy, we have to introduce the love triangle. Since we can't say, like, the whole story, we have to compress it. You know, it's kind of hard. So Dana has now moved in back with her parents, and 
you know, Arnie is a strong kind of dad. He doesn't want her just laying around. So he gets her a job at Omega. Dana, you have to get a job with yeah, me. Yeah. Please. Yeah. So she is Come to work. Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So she's essentially his assistant. So on the first day, she's in the Omega cafeteria hall. And this is where she's going to meet Agent Nick Halloway for the first time, Pedro Pascal character. And uh, again, I want to use references, but not so much. So if the people who remember the first film, Jamie Lee char- uh, Lee's character, Helen, meets the used car salesman, uh, Simon, in the original this way. So while Dana's having her lunch, you know, Pedro comes like, he puts a suitcase away. Hey, this has vital information. I'll come back to you. And she just looks at him with like the... You gotta be fucking kidding yeah, me. Yeah, like, does this work? Yeah, she yeah. she tells him that. Like, does this work? And, he, you know, he's all embarrassed and red faced. He goes, she usually does with the new girls. But then I can't get into I the, like love, like the love triangle. But in the background, we have John Cena's character, just Agent Mitchell, just staring at both of them. So he's gonna be the other love interest in this story. And he is more into Dana than uh, we feel that Pedro is, you know? And Dana is more. It seems more attracted to John Cena's character because he's so very reminiscent of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Daddy Issues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's That's Dana! Yeah. This so, isn't healthy. Stop it. So during this um, middle part of the film, we just see like Pedro's character being a little bit shady. We frame him that way, like is he the mole in the agency that Helen and There's a Pedro mole in the agency? Yeah, that, oh, okay, okay. That's like the main little story. And like they're trying to find who is this mole. And that's why Helen and Gibbs aren't really in it. Because they're on a mission trying to find out who this mole is. And towards the end, Helen figures it out that it is actually Mitchell. It's John Cena's it's character. John Cena's character. So when Helen tries to confront Mitchell that she knows that he is a double spy... He puts her and he kidnaps her, gets Dana, and he takes him towards the Capitol Hill. This is where the final action piece is, right? Yeah, this is the final, final piece. This is where I get my PG-13 rating. This is where most of the action of the story takes place. And Nick Holloway and Harry Tasker figure out that it is John uh, Cena's character, Agent Mitchell, who actually has been the mole. And he has taken the girls to Capitol Hill. So they decided to suit up. And just go to Capitol Hill, and they do that. And once they get there, it becomes a big-ass pissing contest, a mano a mano. Pedro, John Cena, Arnie, all on the top, and they're figuring out who wants to fight. But nah, we know who's going to fight first. Arnie is like, Nick, go get Dana and Helen. Call me in the morning. <laughs> you know, he's like, <laughs> I got this. And then he's like, you sure? He's like, I got this. So we finally see a big-ass battle between... The old Arnold Schwarzenegger and the new John Cena. I really want a passing of the torch, you know? So they're blowing it. And you got these two massive bodies, like, just going brutal, brutal at it. But Arnie's not going to win. Harry Tasker is losing. He is getting severely beat. And while he's getting beat, out of nowhere, Mitchell takes out one of those, like, Rambo-ass knives. You know, those big, Like the seven-inch blade knives? And he just puts it through Arnie's back shoulder. He stabs him? He stabs him right in the back. But just in time, Harry, no. just in time, though, like, well, not just in time because he stabbed the whole family, Dana and Helen and Agent Nick are popping out and they're like, oh, what the fuck? And that's where, boom, Pedro just gets a fucking fist into John Cena's face. He goes down, he picks up Arnold and he's like, hey, take them out of here. I got this fight. You know, let's do this. So Arnie's like, oh, you know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I got you because he's like. All the way, 
you were, we thought you were the mole, but you're not the mole. Yes. You're trying to help me. You're such a good man. Yeah. We should have picked you. Okay, that's <laughs> exactly. Like that. No, that's it. Okay, so now it's Pedro and John Cena, a skinny twig versus this massive body. And at first, we have it. He's competing. He's using that love for Dana and just going at it. But John Cena, Lloyd Rage's out. Just starts beating Pedro, beating him mercifully, and I have him get him mercilessly, by the, mercilessly, and I got him by the neck. I have him raise up Nick, kind of like in a Lion King. No, you, no, 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 it's not you Lion know? King. It's Game of Thrones. That's what it was because Pedro Pascal played Oberyn Martell, and when he fights the Mountain, he's winning the fight until he gets too cocky, and then he literally gets his eyeballs and his skull pinned in. I like that, but I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but yeah. that's not where I took it. But. And it that, that also wasn't PG-13. <laughs> so, all right, so we have it. I'm going to say Lion King post. I like that better. Okay. So John Cena You want that music here? Well, no, it's not that music. The audience, we hear. And everything starts shaking. Out of nowhere, we see a giant-ass chopper being piloted by Helen. We have Dana in the passenger and we focus in the back. And who's that on the chopper's microphone? None other than Harry, Harry Tasker. And you just hear him yell, Nick, get out the way of the chopper. And that's when Agent Nick, Pedro Pascal, just socks John Cena again <gasps> once in the face. Pushes, uses John Cena's body weight to help push him out of the way. And we get those beautiful final words. Arno gets one more time on the mic and says, Mitchell, you're fired. That's when Dana, on the chopper's gun, just <laughs> destroys John Cena's body and the world is saved again. May he rest in peace. It's a true love story. <laughs> true love. These freaking taskers and their helicopters, they, they need a sponsorship deal with right? these guys. How does this family, just this average family, know how to fly all these freaking heavy-ass machinery? It's the Austrian jeans. Shit, man. How am I going to follow that? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I like that story, though. True love. Now to mine. It's my turn! More true lies. As I had mentioned, this is an animated film. I love The Incredibles, and I love the art style. Very 60s-style decor in The Incredibles. But you never really knew what era it was, Right? Because it was so, like, 60s, but still, like, uber technology. I kind of want to do the same with this. Maybe more so the late 90s decor, just to kind of match the ending of the original film. With that being said, animated films always start out depressing as shit. So this one's no different. (laughs) (laughs) Opening montage. We got Larry and Lucy. Super happy. We got their marriage. (gasps) They're pregnant. Oh, here comes little Jack. Yay, they're so happy as a family. Another pregnancy. Yay. Wait. Miscarriage. Sadness. This is where the story starts. The Tasker family has not properly grieved the loss of the unborn child. You know, as a result, Larry and Lucy's marriage is in a rough patch. They're not effectively communicating. Larry's on his way to work. A mysterious van comes and kidnaps him. And that's when it's revealed to be Wang. This is where he's just adamant that he's Harry Tasker. He's Larry Tasker. I'm you, I'm not me. Are you me or am I you? Wang offers Larry an opportunity. Basically, it's not really an opportunity. He must accept the mission or die. So he accepts. And then minutes later, after he's dropped off from the van, 
the Omega Sector, and you had just mentioned them earlier, that's where the Tasker family, that's where Harry was originally, that was his agency. So they also abduct Larry after this. Ah, oh, shit. Here we go again. And then that's where we're introduced to Gibb and Betty White. Betty White is the colonel in this. She's the Nick Fury version. So they know he's not the real Harry Tasker, but they need him to go along with the shtick. So they debrief him about Wang. He's developing this software to seize money and military codes. Where's the real Harry, you ask? Well, his whereabouts are unknown. He left the Omega Sector years ago. He went into private military service, and he was listed MIA on a mission in Nepal. So that's the last they've ever heard of him. Back to Larry. We get a montage of him getting in shape, his physique. <laughs> Confidence, self-esteem is improving. More missions with Omega, and then more, you know, espionage with, with Wang. At the same time, though, like... Lucy and young Jack notice kind of a change in his demeanor. He's happier, he's more fit. And for a little bit, Lucy is a little bit jealous. She, is she reattracted? Why is he so happy all of a sudden? And that's where they get the bond together. They go on a mission, kind of like in the original, where Simon, he's like, you have to come to uh, Paris with me. Uh, but they have a really, really fun time. And, like, that reconnects their, their the marriage. Their marriage, like you know. That. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, remember this? We had so much fun. We get back home, and then we realize that Jack has been kidnapped by Wang. Because Wang discovers he was telling the truth. He wasn't what? Harry Tasker. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Wang is like, I know who you are, and I know what you were just doing in that mission. And that's where Lucy realizes, what? Who are you? I don't know who you are. It's yeah, like, I thought we had fun about? on this mission. <laughs> you know? And, and it just kind of breaks her trust again. So it's like all that repair that he had built, it's, it's no longer there. It's gone. It's even lower than what it was before the miscarriage. But they still have to save Jack. So they're going into this crazy battle. It's like a, a mono-on-mono fight. And Larry is losing. He's about to fucking die. Same like yours. <laughs> and the same like yours. What's that we hear? Fuck, it's a chopper. Oh, helicopter. Yes. <laughs> and that is Harry Tasker. Harry uh, Tasker comes in. The Omega Sector comes in. They save the day. And then Wang ends up peeing himself. Kind of a little throwback uh, to the original, how, how Bill Paxton's character peed on himself. So that's what happens. Yeah, but we, we still have the cyber terrorist code because it's, it's like detonating. After all that, Jack is the one who saves the day. It turns out to be a great healing moment between all three of them. All three of them grow. They properly grieve the loss. And then they end up all being members of the Omega Sector. The nice. new members. They get inducted. And that's where the film ends. The film ends with their next mission debriefing. This film, like the original, is, is just really about a husband and wife struggling with their marriage. They manage to overcome their obstacles, and they reconnect their love and improve their relationship. So, so that's what I'm taking away from this original. Obviously, I'm going to be fleshing out those characters, Lucy and Jack, a bit more, but we don't have that much time. So that's kind of the meat and potatoes, like, major story, story arcs right there. I think there's great chemistry between everybody. Phil Lamar, yeah, great on improv. It's going to be typical Betty White one-liners. Hilarious. It's just going to be catered to an animated PG audience. Hell yeah, dude. I think this is going to be funny as hell. I love it, too. No, no, no. Like, And, and then me and you are on the same thing. It's like... This was a fact. You put it more of like a husband and wife, which it is. I, I kind of put more of a family spin on it. 
You know, but it's definitely, that's where, like, a little bit of the heart is. You know, like, you have to have, like, some kind of heart in these action movies, and, and, you know? And the fact that this is animated, like, Pixar-esque. I'm using Brad Bird and all this stuff. These are True pretty, heart. pretty, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> True hearts is what you call it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, this film, Pixar films usually tend to deal with pretty heavy subject matters, but in a way both children and adults can digest and comprehend. And, and enjoy. And, and enjoy. Yeah. Most importantly, enjoy. So, yes, these are heavy subject matters. We're dealing with grief. We're dealing with loss. We're dealing with love in a relationship. But, you know, those are important topics to understand whether you are a child or an adult. And, yeah, I like both of these movies, yeah. Well, gentlemen, you have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. And that's going to conclude today's episode of Reboot. We wish we had more time to talk about this, but we want to keep these episodes in bite-sized pieces so no one loses concentration. And if you did, fuck you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you guys for listening. Any questions, any comments, anything like that, feel free to email us at malvinmogli at gmail.com. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. If you listen on Apple, we would greatly appreciate a five-star rating. That would help us out tremendously. One more thing. Follow us on social media, will you? At Malv underscore N underscore Mowgli. We hope you had a great time listening to this, and we'll see you on the next episode of Reboot. Reboot. Dana!